إنك لا تهدي من أحببت ولكن الله يهدي من يشاء Assalamu alaikum talaiz John Fontaine just before we begin the podcast please make sure you click subscribe and also set your notifications and make sure you check out the earlier podcasts up to around 40 podcasts so far there's lots of podcasts there for you to benefit from make sure you check that out also if you can go to the John Fontaine YouTube channel as well click subscribe set your notifications and also enjoy the other videos there's a Thick of Love series, a series on Christianity, and other videos uh, regarding Dawah. Also, if you'd like to support the podcast by supporting us financially uh, with the equipment and the travel costs and the running costs, not just of the podcast, but also the other Dawah activities I'm involved in, please support on the Patreon account. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Bismillahi rahman rahim Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa salatu wa salam rasulillah. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi Welcome to the Young Smirks podcast. SubhanAllah, thanks for joining us again. We've got Sheikh Okasha Kamani. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sheikh, on the last podcast, um, I had to stop you um, because we had Maghrib. Right. And, uh, but we got into the subject of the preservation or the immaculate preservation of the Quran. That's yeah. how I want to title right. this podcast, the immaculate preservation of the Quran. Now, um, of course, every Muslim knows is the Quran's preserved, mm -hmm. but most Muslims don't have much knowledge about how. So maybe, you know, in the, in the, in the previous podcast, you got into the subject of Isnad, which is the chain of transmission. Mm -hmm. So you were, you were told us and educated us and explained to us that the Quran is preserved through transmitters. Mm -hmm. You know, you mentioned how the Prophet وسلم, he taught his companions and his companions taught their companions and their students and students, 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 all the way back up to scholars of today right. and people like yourself who have, who have a, a chain of transmission back to the Prophet, peace be upon him, which ultimately back to Jibreel. Uh, with the Quran and um, Allah so um, you know you you mentioned so many things and you were just you just seemed like you were just about to warm up right you know but we had to stop for Maghrib so let's proceed inshallah thank you very much uh, you know uh, back on Young Smirks again so uh, before Salat al-Maghrib we talked about the immaculate preservation of this noble book the divine inspiration given to the best human being. When you begin to doubt or cast doubt, especially when it comes to Quran, it's like you're trying to ruin everything. And you're doubting the one who received it. And you are basically calling him a liar. May Allah prevent us from this. Amen. Through a number of ayat, Allah told us, and as we all know, all the prophets and the messengers of Allah sent by Allah were sent to their own people to call them to Allah 
And when they passed away, another prophet comes. When they passed away, another prophet comes. So when he comes as a messenger, he comes with a new precept and laws and regulations for his own people in the book given to him. But when the Prophet وسلم, with the seal of all, Muhammad والسلام, came, he came not only to his people. Although in Quran Almighty says, لَقَدِمَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ بَعَثَ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا مِنْ أَنفُسِهِمْ We know the people of old, the non-Muslims, during his life, peace be upon him. When it comes to Arabic language, you can't find anyone to speak today like the way they used to. Educated on, or in, um, whether they are educated or uneducated. Because that was their language. And that's why Allah challenged them. So all together, they believed that what they said is not true. And Allah revealed the verse in Surah An-Nahl, وَلَقَدْ نَعْلَمُ أَنَّهُمْ يَقُولُونَ إِنَّمَا يُعَلِّمُهُ بَشَرٌ Verily we know that they claim, they claim that a person or human being is the one behind this Qur'an, he taught Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam this book. لِسَانُ الَّذِي يُلْحِدُونَ إِلَيْهِ أَعْجَمِي The one that they are attributing this book to, that he is the one who taught the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is non-Arab. وَهَذَا لِسَانٌ عَرَبِيٌّ مُبِينٌ This is a manifest, clear, you know, very clean, pure Arabic language. Pure Arabic language. So when you listen to the recitation of Qur'an, you know this is bound to remain forever. Mm. Human being can mimic. You can, you can imitate. Mm. You know, that's what Imam Al-Qahtani said. Man kana an nazmahu. He who thinks he can challenge, he who thinks can bring something similar to this Qur'an, let him bring it. Mm. If he's capable of mimicking one verse, Imam Al-Qahtani said, he should say Subhani instead of saying Subhanallah. <laughs> if you can bring a verse like Quran, yeah. when it's time to magnify, don't magnify anyone, just say Subhani. Waliyakul Subhani. You should magnify, magnify yourself. But if you are unable to bring a verse like that of Quran, you have to salute and return back and know that there is someone who is worthy of that magnification and that's Allah, so say subhanallah. Nobody can come up with it. So the talk that Qur'an is preserved is something that we should even be going back and forth because this is kalamullah. And in nature, when you look at the sun, when you look at the moon, when you look at the celestial body and this astronomical bodies in the sky, how many flights had dropped? Mm. With all the science advancement, we advanced, you know, fiber optic age and all. How many flights had dropped from the sky? Mm. Is there any human being who said, I saw sun dropping from the sky before? Mm. Or the moon dropping from the sky before? Or the stars mm. dropping from the sky? Or Jupiter or Pluto, you know, dropping? Not even one body or one sun or one you know, star had dropped. And this is just a creation of Allah that is not even closer to the Kalamullah Quran. So you think you can pull Quran, that is impossible. So that's why we went through the chains 
how Quran get to us. So when a person begins to challenge or say certain things, it's either that person did not go through or the person went through and just found something that he wants to make a big mouth about so that people will just go crazy and yeah. then put it in out there. But this can only be done in the midst of ignorant people, not where the educated people are. Mm. You know, if you get, if, if nobody knows karate, you can begin you know, in the middle of people start jumping and making some moves. But when <laughs> Ip Man comes, you know, you have to go back. Yeah, you'll be exposed quickly. When Bruce Lee in the picture, you know, you have, to, you have to go back. You can do all that stuff, but now in, in the presence of Jackie Chan or Jet Li, you see. So a person who is bringing about all this, yes, there are some things that scholars had mentioned. But when it comes to scholarship, being a scholar does not mean that a person will not make a mistake. If you believe a person is immune and will never be, you know, making mistakes like in his life, that's the worst thing a person will believe because then it's like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one that doesn't make mistakes and doesn't forget. Yeah. You see, clearly. So that's why we started with the chain. Mm. And in Quran, Allah told the Prophet Rabbik, follow that which had been revealed unto you from your Lord. Mm. And the next chapter, the next, uh, uh, the next, you know, surah, after this, this is in Surah Al-An'am, in Surah Al-A'raf, Almighty Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said at the very beginning, Alif Lam Mim Sad. Immaculate combination, only Allah knows the meanings. And then, this is a scripture, a book, Quran, revealed unto you. You shall not find distress in your heart when it comes to this book to be confused. If you are confused, distressed in your heart, ask the people of knowledge to, you know, elucidate and explain it. So do not find that, you know, grieve or distress in your heart concerning Quran or feel some kind of way that this is a book. If I begin to call people using it, people will not listen to me unless they don't do that. And then the next ayah. Almighty says, اتبعوا ما أنزل إليكم من ربكم Follow that which had been revealed unto you. اتبعوا ما أنزل إليكم من ربكم Follow that which Almighty Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala had revealed unto you. He sent it down for your own benefit from your Lord. So when a person wants to speak about Quran, he is taking himself out of that position of following into being a leader. Mm. Because a follower, you're always behind. So when a person begins to think he is so educated to speak about the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never let him. Mm. So many people are tried. They did not succeed. So Quran came just like that. Isnad after Isnad and Isnad after Isnad until today. And in the first tabaqa we mentioned before Salat al-Maghrib that we don't have to go back. Mm. And in the second tabaqa likewise, and in the third tabaqa likewise, and in the fourth tabaqa likewise. Mm. And these were just few that we mentioned. Mm. The names that we mentioned, if we say we're going to bring the whole thing, it's just going to fill up this podcast. <laughs>
But he who yeah. wants to really get the full thing, yeah. there are so many books. When a person reads a book like Ma'rifatul Qurra Al-Kibar by Imam Al-Allama Shamsuddin Al-Zahabi, you will see the list. Mm. A book, like very thick, is written just on Isnad and who brought this Quran to us. Mm. So whoever wants to really get into the bottom of this, that book is available. Mm. You can download it, you know, off the internet. Ma'rifatul Qurra al-Kibar, the heavyweight Qurra of this Ummah. So all the tabaqat. So when a person comes and asks you, okay, well, uh, when you talk, you talk about those ten Qurra, how did they get it? Mm. Now if you go through the tabaqa, you see when they lived, how they were connected all the way to the Sahaba. So mm. in a tabaqa, al-Rabi'a for instance, in tabaqa, the you know, fourth level, mm. in that fourth level, that's where you get the imams mm. that the world is aware of today. Yeah. Individuals like Imam Al-Kisai, mm. like Imam Hamza, mm. uh, Ibn Habib Al-Zayyad, mm. like uh, Imam Abu Amr Al-Basri, them all. And then when you go above them, that's where you get the level, the third level. That's where you get individuals like Yahya Ibn Wathab, you get like Yahya Ibn Ya'mar, you get individuals like Asim al-Najudi, you get another Imam Asim al-Jahdari. All of these Imams, they were pure, pure scholars and understood Arabic language from A to Z. You know, usually, you know our issues today when it comes to learning? When a person decides to learn Arabic, he begins with Nahu. And Nahu is Arabic grammar. And Nahu is there only to serve Al-Arabiya, the language, Arabic language itself. And that's why when you read the bios of the scholars, past and present, you see they have this. You know, كَانَ نَحْوِيًّا بَصِيرًا بِالْعَرَبِيَّةِ He was a Nahwi, a grammarian, and he was well acquainted with Arabic language as a linguist. But when we learn, we begin to learn grammar. And we don't even understand the Arabic. And that's why you will find so many people, you ask them to parse or to um, Arabize, describing the position of each word in Arabic, they are capable of doing that. Mm. But when it comes to speaking aspect, mm. it's difficult for them. Mm. Why? Because this is something by itself. Mm. And let me tell you this, do you know that if you give an average person, a book, like deep Arabic books, that scholars said you cannot really understand and get to the end of Arabic without being acquainted and familiar, you know, with those books. A book like Adab al-Katib by Ibn Qutaybah. A book like Bahjatul Majalis wa Unsul Mujalis by Imam al-Hafiz Ibn Abd al-Barr. You see, a book like... <laughs> I know when you give me that look, Shay. There's a certain look you give me that I know you mean business. <laughs> you know, you know, I hear to smirk around. I can see you. You mean business right now. You know, they, they see the the thing is, Shay. Uh huh. You know, Subhanallah. Uh -huh. You know, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Right. Most of what you're saying mm. for the average lay Muslim like myself is going over our heads. But you know what? MashaAllah, you see that. 
you know, from someone like yourself who has studied the subject, dedicated your life to serving the Quran, mm. you know, it's it's a big eye opener for us, mm. you know, to to learn about this, right. you know, how uh, precise, you know, the scholars of Islam have took the Quran so seriously in preserving right. it. And Indeed. Allah has used them, right. you know, right. to become walking Qur'ans, yeah. you know, walking preservation of the Qur'an. Yeah. So when, when I see that look in your eyes, <laughs> subhanAllah, I see, you know, it, 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 it boosts my iman. SubhanAllah. You know, because it's like, SubhanAllah, you know, when, when Allah asks us to ask the people of knowledge, mm. that's mm. why I'm here. SubhanAllah. On behalf of my uh, viewers, <laughs> to ask you. Subhanallah. You know, so I just wanted to say, you know, we're really enjoying it. You know, <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's, it's a blessing because you see, when it comes mm. to Quran and people begin to speak about Quran, it's, it's like I can't be playing with that any longer. Yeah. You know, you can't entertain this type of topics because the, your creator, this is his own divine revelation. And a person knows. What he is doing will not take him anywhere. And the imams that we mention, this is just their names. Yeah. Now when you get into their lives, it's another thing. Yeah. It's it completely Uthman ibn Affan, for instance. You know, sorry to cut you seven. It's mm. just you know, uh, may Allah forgive us. I mean. You I know, we we're, we're here today in we're Muslim, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. And, and sometimes as Muslims, especially as lay Muslims, we don't even think about the efforts that the scholars have made for us, mm. before us. Right. You know, in codifying, collecting, compiling, you know? Mm -hmm. like in the last podcast, not the last one, but the last the one a few podcasts back, you mentioned five for five. Mm -hmm. That one hadith, mm. the work and the effort that went into getting that narration, Subhanallah. And, and the tafsir of it, and the understanding of it, Subhanallah. the the collection of it, you know, and we just Google now, mm. you know, and the, when you're mentioning these scholars, as you said, it's just names for us. Mm. But when you're now telling us about each one of these scholars, have just put lifelong works completely into the, this. Religion completely, completely like, and we have to respect the work that they've done, even when they make mistakes. You know, we we have respect for the efforts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, if a person is trying to find a scholar who never made a mistake to praise him, you can't find any. Because Imam Shafi'i used to say, Allah refuses for any book to be immaculate and complete except his book. Mm. That's the book of Allah. So there is nothing that is complete as a work of a scholar. But it is enough, like they say. Who can you find in the world that everything about him is perfect? It is enough as a prestigious, you know, credit of a human being when you can count his mistakes if you can count that means that person is a good person mm. so if you know that he made this or that mistake 
and something that he himself later on came and rectified and find out that his mistake and I'm no longer holding that, mm -hmm. it's enough to give that person a credit. Mm -hmm. And now when we get to the science of hadith, that's another thing, which inshallah we will talk about inshallah. when we're done with Quran ta'ala. Because all the imams that we talked about, that they were scholars of Quran, they were scholars of hadith. And most of them scholars of fiqh. So we will transition when we finish with this Quran and then Hadith and then Fiqh bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. So now take the companion Uthman ibn Affan himself. Uthman ibn Affan then Uthman ibn Affan then wealth-wise wealth-wise is like Jeff Bezos today. Over 165 billion yeah. or 286 billion. Uthman, that, he was a very blessed, rich human being, sure. business minded. Hmm. Quran gets into his system, and then he learned from the Prophet وسلم, the best among you is the one who learns Quran and teaches it, not memorizes Quran. Mm. No, learns mm. because in learning you do not only memorize it mm. you memorize it try to understand it internalize it and then pass it on so when he heard this his own life changed he began to learn quran he became a hafiz of quran and among in the list of those who learn quran from the prophet he comes on the top and he was able to mentor his students and his student, one of those who recited Quran on him was Abu Abdurrahman al-Sulami. And Abu Abdurrahman al-Sulami was another business individual who had been blessed. He came and learned, and some had said that he was even an astronaut. And then he learned about Quran, that this is the only thing that will keep you among the best, both living and dead. That's when he dedicated his life for Quran and only to learning Quran of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And do you know what happened? He did not leave a scholar of his time except he had learned Quran from among the Sahaba and those even that were underneath him. And he, he continued to teach from the time of Sahaba since he learned Quran until the time of Hajjaj ibn Yusuf. Mm. Abu Bakr Khalif, um, during his Khilafah, the time had passed. He taught Quran throughout the Khilafah of Abi Bakr, throughout the Khilafah of Umar, throughout the Khilafah of Uthman, throughout the Khilafah of Ali, and then, you know, um, the king, the first king came, and then throughout his Khilafah, and now here is, you get in Marwan ibn al-Hakam, and then you get in Abd, he kept on teaching Quran, teaching Quran, teaching Quran, dedicated over 70 years. You will tell me that this person who had dedicated 70 years, being pure Arab and understanding Arabic language, learning and teaching and learn from the best of the Ummah. He, can, he did not discover the mistake that a person today thinks he discovered. Come on, we shouldn't be kidding, man. Like, it's, it's, it's so disturbing mm. for a person to think that this one who had spent over 70 years teaching Quran spoke Arabic better than us. 
understood Quran better than us, learned from the companions who were present when Jibreel was bringing down Quran and he passed it on. And until we die, we can't even be half of him in all what he had preserved in Arabic, in memorization. He learned all the Qiraat and he spent over 70 years. And you ask those who are trying to falsify and trying to say they are some doubts concerning Quran. How old are you? 40? 50? 60? or 70. That amount and the time that he spent in teaching you did not even cover that since you were born. And you discover something he didn't discover? And then you get to Yahya ibn Ya'mar that we mentioned in At-Tabaqa Al-Thalitha. Yahya ibn Ya'mar was, it was said he was the first Imam, first scholar to have placed the diacritical dots in Quran and to place Fatha Kasra and those diacritical dots in Quran, he was the first because he was the student of, it was said he learned from Abu al-Aswad al-Du'ali or al-Dili, who was the student of Ali ibn Abi Talib. And this was one of the great grand scholars and teachers of Imam Muslim. His hadith is in Sahih Muslim. Yahya ibn Ya'mar. Do you know Yahya? See, It's so much to put into this, I don't even know where to pull from. Because I may drop this and grab something and then spend an hour in it. Mm. Because this Yahya ibn Ya'mar, that we're talking about the hadith of Jibreel, he was one of the scholars who brought the hadith of Jibreel. Mm. Imam Muslim reported the hadith through Zuhair ibn Harb. And he took that, the first person, Yahya ibn Ya'mar, he traveled from Iraq, to the city of the Prophet and to Mecca only to meet Abdullah ibn Umar to ask him a question about an issue that you know raised mm. in Kufa mm. and things that some of them said in Basra when Ma'bad al-Juhani came about with the bid'ah that mm. everything there's no qadr yes. Allah did not predestine things he traveled, he said, so long as the Sahaba are alive, we shouldn't waste time. He made Hajj, he traveled from Basra, Iraq, all the way to Saudi just to meet. He said, لَوْ لَقِينَ أَحَدًا مِّنْ أَصْحَابَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ لَوْ لَقِينَ أَحَدًا مِّنْ أَصْحَابَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فَوُفِّقَ لَنَا عَبْدُ اللَّهِ بْنُ عُمَرْ دَاخِلًا الْمَسْجِدِ فَاكْتَنَفْتُهُ we traveled from there to Saudi just to learn from a companion. And today a person will mention a companion and think like he is nobody. So back to the topic again. Yahya ibn Ya'mar, a person who preserved Arabic language, one of the preservers of Arabic language with the assistance of his teacher, Abu al-Aswad, with the assistance of his teacher, Ali ibn Abi Talib. These individuals who preserved Quran and preserved Arabic language and preserved Hadith, how many? Three. Hmm. Arabic language, you can be even 1% of him. Quran, you can be even 1% of him. Hadith, so you find him in the section of Arabic, in the section of Hadith, in the section of Fiqh, because he was faqih as well. So four in one. A linguist, a jurist, a muhaddith, an athari, and a muqari, qari. Learning from the best directly. Now all of this, how many years did you spend in, 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 in university? 
How long? How long do we spend in a university in learning? Four years? Six years? Twenty years? You know, to be a person with a degree is one thing, and to be a devoted person for ilm is another. When we go to school, all what they are doing and giving is just to give us a torchlight. When you graduate, that's when the journey of knowledge begins. Because now you have the tools. But to graduate and sit and think that you are all all right, that's the biggest mistake for the student of knowledge. The biggest mistake. And a person cannot be considered a student of knowledge simply because he had graduated or he had learned prior to speaking he had learned. You have to keep up. Even in academics. Why is it that you cannot find today the likes of, let's say, maybe um, uh, Isaac Newton, Immanuel Kant, Aristotle, all of them individuals who had lived before? Because these individuals, it wasn't about college or university for them. It was a life, you know, it was, it was a life journey. The moment you stop, you are out. Mm. It's like in boxing and all of this, you know, uh, mm. you know sports. You will, can yeah. you call uh, Mike Tyson the um, heavyweight champion? Yeah. You can't call Mike yeah. Tyson the heavyweight champion. You will say former heavyweight champion. Yeah, yeah same. Subhanallah, it's a very important point you mentioned there. You know, even with the, from the non-Muslim academics, you know, the, the real uh, famous academics are the ones who have the lifetime of study. Indeed. And when you talk about the scholars of Islam, that's a different level. That's a different level. Yeah. It's not just about somebody graduating, spending a few years in a, in a, in a university. No, no, no. You're saying that is just the beginning. A case from, it's like Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal used to say, طلب العلم من المهد إلى اللحد Seeking knowledge is from cradle to the tomb. It's from the time you get in here, your journey began. So that journey begins until you get to the grave. The moment they said, إِذَا قَالَ الْإِنسَانُ عَلِمْتُ فَقَدْ جَهِلْ The moment you say, I know, you're already ignorant. That's why a person has to continue. You continue, you continue. And see, another scholar, all of the scholars that we mentioned, they did not spend 10 years teaching, 20 years teaching, 50 years teaching, some of them more than that. Abu Bakr ibn Ayyash, a scholar of hadith, his hadith is in Sahih Muslim. And some of his ahadith, even Imam al-Nawah, we collected as well, in Arba'een. Abu Bakr ibn Ayyash, he was a student of Imam Hamza. Sorry, he was the student of Imam Asim. And by the way, um, um, you know, he said something about Hamza. That's what impelled me to mention his name regarding Hamza. Mm. But inshallah, maybe on time permit, you may ask me, you know, what happened between Abu Bakr ibn Ayyash and Hamza, then I can drop it. Mm. He was a student of Asim, and Najudi rahimahullah. Do you know what happened? Abu Bakr ibn Ayyash, one of the students of Imam Asim, he was a contemporary of Hafs. 90% of the world today recite Qur'an via the narration of Hafs. His, you know, mate was Abu Bakr ibn Ayyash Shu'bah. When he was about to check out, passing away, his daughter cried. 
And then he saw her crying. She, he, she, he asked, why are you crying? She said, Daddy, you passing. He, he said, why will you afraid? Why will you be afraid? She said, I'm, I'm afraid because you, you're checking out, Daddy. You're dying. So why will you afraid of a person who had completed Quran in this corner 18,000 times? Oof. He used to recite Quran from Baqarah to Barabbin Nas. It was said every single day. From A to Z. Reciting Quran. He spent three years learning Quran from Asim. Five ayah, five ayah a day. And he said he never missed even one day. Whether it's raining, snowing, sunny, too cold. He says sometimes I go to my teacher in the masjid of Bani Kahila to learn and I will be beaten by the rain. And when I get there, I will be so embarrassed to enter when I'm wet. I will stand behind the masjid until I'm dry before I enter to learn from my sheikh. Used to complete Quran every day from Baqarah to Barabbin Nas or Fatiha to Barab every single day. Why are you afraid? I completed Quran in this corner 18,000 times. And he spent over 70 years teaching Quran. He kept on teaching until he cannot even, he doesn't know his surrounding anymore. The only thing he can hear is Quran. Qalun, Isa ibn Mina, the student of Imam Nafi'. This person, you know, he went to Imam Malik to learn, Imam uh, Nafi' to learn Quran. And he learned Quran from Imam Nafi', the scholar of Medina. And Imam Nafi' taught Imam Malik, the Imam of Medina. He taught him Quran. Among the students of Nafi', Imam Malik. Among them, Isa ibn Mina, Qalun. Do you know it was said that he was deaf? Even if you bring a ring and ring it next to his ears, he will never be able to listen or hear what, you, what you're doing. No sound. He can't hear anything. Completely deaf. Can't hear anything. But the moment you open Quran to say Bismillah and you begin to read, the only thing he can hear is Quran. That's how he learned. You're speaking to him, he doesn't know what you're saying. You're shouting, he can't hear you. You're ringing a bell, you, they say even if you bring a trumpet and you blow it, he can't even hear what you're saying. But you begin to move your lips even without a sound, he knows what you're reading, if it is Qur'an. Those are individuals who served Qur'an. And, and Allah blessed us to have it today. And until today, we are having it. And it will remain all the way until the end of the um, time. So this is the, um, you know, narration of Qur'an, how he get to us through these imams that we all these learn. These are not just names of tra so names. These, we know who these people we, are. We know them. The scholars know who these people are from start to, to, the, to today. From A to Z, from start to end. They know them and their lives, where they lived, the scholars that they learned from, and including their business, mm. including the businesses that they run. Someone mm. like Hamza, he refused to get paid because, you know, back in the days as a scholar, you may get, you know, your check. Just like a stimulus check that we need from Joe Biden. He didn't send the last one yet. We're still waiting. <laughs> we still, we still. <laughs> He'd be waiting a long time for that check. 
We're still waiting on Biden. He promises. So we're waiting on, you see. So as a, as, as a scholar, they used to give them, you know, some check. This guy refused. He said, I don't want anyone to dictate on me what to do, how to do it, what to say, and how to say it. He used to travel from Kufa all the way to Hulwan, running his own business, selling oil. And then when he returns back, he will make sure that he gets, you know, this walnut that we eat. And then he will get some cheese along and then take it back. So when he's going, he's taking that which is not present in that mm -hmm. country. When he's returning, he takes what, what is, and that's his business. When he comes, he teaches Quran. And he used to recite Quran every month 29 times. And these people were so deep in their knowledge that even what they used to codify Quran with, an educated person or a person who is born and raised as an Arab individual who speaks Arabic or who, someone who had learned Arabic but did not learn this science. When you read that which pertaineth this science, he can understand what you're reading. Let me rehearse, and I hope you're following me. Mm. We're not talking about non-Arabs. Now we're talking about Arabs, born and raised, native. They speak it. They understand it. That's their language. They mastered it. Or they are even professors of the language, linguists of Arabic. If Quran is not their field, the way Quran is codified, when those quotes are being recited, they can understand it. Yeah. It's like that Latin yeah, yeah. that is yeah. written. If you're, not, if you're not in the field, you if won't you're not get it, in yeah. the field, you can't get it. Mm. You can't understand. It doesn't matter whether you're mm. born, raised Arab, or that's your language. It mm. doesn't matter. You may be even a teacher of Arabic mm. language, mm. but if you did not learn it and that's not your field, you won't mean anything. Wallahi, you can't understand you, you it. You gave an example last podcast of Neil deGrasse Tyson, right? Right. You know, when he starts speaking about a subject, you know, whatever it may be, if you're not in that field, you won't understand what he's You will even about. get confused. You know? It's like because the terminologies that you will be using, yeah. unless you are familiar. Mm. The same thing, but the issue is when people begin to speak about Quran, now this is the trick. When a person speaks Arabic and he talks about the religion, he knowledgeable. Mm. If you speak Arabic and you talk about the religion, automatically people perceive that you are a scholar. Yeah. Whether the Arabic is tight or not, a person may be speaking some guala guala Arabic, but because the people around don't understand what he's talking about, they say, wow, that's some powerful Arabic. When he knows yeah. that Arabic is speaking, he, he himself, in, if Sibawe listens to that Arabic, he will whip him. Yeah. Because that's not the Arabic. Yeah. So, for instance, let's, let's, let, let me give an example. No, subhanAllah, Sheikh, you know, this, it's a really important thing you're saying. There's a difference between, as you're saying, you know, someone who has a certain level of knowledge, they've been through an Islamic university or they spent some years studying, and a professor or somebody who, a, a Sheikh in that particular subject, who has studied the, the subject for 20, 30, 40 years, taught the subject for another 20 years, it's a different level, right? Completely. Usually when a person has like certain expertise in a field 
and he also has you know like a leverage or certificate in some fields or isnad or he has ijazah usually on youtube or social media people um, think like okay if he, if that person is known and he speaks the language he understands everything mm. if what is not my field i try to plunge myself into it i will make a mess mm. i will just jam things so people should stop thinking that like if a person is maybe educated in this field mm. he knows that field as well yeah. So when you begin to listen, some words or how they is you will understand that it's Arabic. Yeah. But you will not understand what is that that is being said. Even they yeah. ask you to translate, you yeah. can't. Yeah. And each and every Imam, when it comes to Quran, he has his madhab. Mm. The madhab actually is or this madhab thing is originally from Quran before he gets to fiqh. Mm. Like we say, madhab of Imam Malik, madhab of Imam Shafi'i, madhab of Imam Ahmad, madhab of Imam Abi Hanifa, madhab of Imam Al-Awza'i, madhab of Imam Abi Ja'far, madhab of the Imam Sufyan Al-Thawri, madhab of Imam Al-Layth, Ibn Sa'ad, madhab, you know. This madhahib that we're talking about, this originated from Quran. The Quran, they have their madhahib. So the moment you listen to this, you know, this is the madhahib of this Imam. That's what Imam Al-Shatibi meant. When he said, وَمَنْ كَانَ ذَا بَابٍ لَهُ فِيهِ مَذْهَبٌ فَلَا بُدَّ أَنْ يُسْمَى فَيُدْرَى وَيُعْقَلَى Meaning, if a person has his own bab and madhab among the Qurra, we will come up with a very unique chapter only for him so that you can learn that chapter well and for it to be completely apprehended. All of the imams, they had their own madhab. So it's not like the imam, they just pop up with this thing. And of the madhahib, one of the most sophisticated madhahib is the madhahib of Imam Hamza. That you said about, you talked about his qira'ah before. His madhahib, not even regular people, even scholars. Some scholars doubted his madhahib. Some scholars. So today when you come and then read the statement or the qira'ah of Hamza and a regular Arab, you know, challenges, or say something that's normal and sometimes you don't let that get into you because you know sometimes when you read that maybe either you're teaching or you're leading or you're doing something the moment he hears it doesn't go back well you know because in Egyptian dialect maybe it's one thing so it's not in in yeah. my dialect is this so it shouldn't be a quran yeah. that's when a person begins to set up the you know the scale mm. using his language or her language yeah, yeah. to understand so quran that's how the that's where the mess because in each and every language maybe you may hear a word of quran you say in my language that's not a good word mm. does that mean we need to take it out of quran no mm. it's in it yeah so imam hamza the same thing and sometimes you know when you bring that of Imam Hamza or you bring that of Imam Susi or bring any other Imam or that of Yaqub or that of Ibn Muhaysin although it's dis, um, you know, disputed over his um, report Ibn Muhaysin radiallahu anhum people will begin to say and now if you are the wrong color forget it mm-hmm. if you're the wrong color forget it so sometimes you will read and a person will come and tell you you know I'm an Arab yeah. And he will not accept. 
Yeah. And then he will bring Quran and say that this. Yeah. When you begin to talk about the code, uh -uh. and sometimes when you finish maybe reading or leading, and then a person already heard something that is unusual, he's coming to challenge. And when he comes mm. and sees you, you black. Oh, sh what the heck? You're messing up my book. Look at it, like like that. Like you messing yeah. up my book. Okay, some will call you shaitan. Some will curse you. Some will say, you know, those, um, you know, you know, where in the world will even a black man come talk about Quran or even let alone to even know it with insult. The same thing had happened to Imam Hamza himself. Scholars doubted his Qira'ah, including Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal. He did not like his Qira'ah. But Imam al-Dhahbi said, since it's something that is that, imagine this is Imam Ahmad. Is this a welterweight scholar? This is Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal. This is beyond heavyweight. If you call him heavyweight, it's like you, 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 it's like you playing. Imam Ahmad is beyond heavyweight. But he had, he had that, you know, like, what type of Quran is this? And Abu Bakr ibn Ayyash, that I said, remind me later. He said, if I pray behind Hamza, I will repeat my prayer because that's not Quran. So it's a deep thing. But guess what? Now, if I want to create a problem, you were just going to mention the statement of Imam Zahabi. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. So let's go back to Imam Zahabi. Imam Zahabi commented over what Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal said. He said, although both of them are Imams, yeah. and this statement or this Qira'a of Hamza has its own Isnad, that's it, case closed. Yeah. It has Isnad. It goes back to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Not being based, not being according to your liking doesn't yeah. make, doesn't yeah. mean anything. Yeah. It's not about what you feel. Mm. It's not how nice it sounds. Mm. There is, it's not. Yeah. Sulaim ibn Isa, the one who learned from Hamza, he said, I entered in his house one day and I saw him like almost crying. I asked him why. He said, because people had actually censured my, my qira'ah. Mm. And then Sulaim, his student, asked him, who did you recite Quran onto? He said, Ibn Abi Layla. And Ibn Abi Layla said, you have a way. And then he asked him, did Ibn Abi Layla bring that about by himself? He said, no. He has his isnad also, he's going to Al-Qama. He said, did Al-Qama grab it from the top? He said, no, he had his also isnad. It returns back to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Okay, did Ibn Mas'ud grab it from the sky or maybe around his balcony? No, he learned it from Rasulullah. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then he said, how about Rasulullah? He said, Rasulullah from Jibreel. How about Jibreel? From Allah. Then the student, Sulaim ibn Isa, said to his teacher, he said, teacher, if you have this type of isnad, and those who are censuring you do not even have 1% of it, why will you grieve over that? They're not up to your level. So when you reach a level, you don't care about what people, because you are well-grounded. So that's what happened between Sulaim ibn Isa and his teacher Hamza with his own isnad going back to Rasulullah So the fact that we have this isnad, a scholar like Imam Ahmad who was beyond heavyweight to say I don't like it will not disqualify that. How about someone behind the corner in 21st century? SubhanAllah. 
You feel me? Yeah, yeah. So if yeah. Imam Ahmad, who we know that, how can you get someone like Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal today? Mm. Where will you find him? Mm. This scholar, when you mention him, the only thing that it, the only thing you can say is to say alayhi rudwanullah or rahimahullah. Mm. This is the least you can yeah. say. Someone, I mean, they, you're saying you can't say there's a heavyweight of all time. If there was one, it'd be him. <laughs> you know, you know when you're saying. Before, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, that's you know, right. You, you wouldn't say. You know, you said you wouldn't say Tyson is a heavyweight yeah, 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 today, yeah, yeah. but you would with Imam Ahmed. No, no, you see, with but, Imam Ahmed, yeah, it's different. Heavyweight of all time, right? You see? But even some t a statement like that would not disqualify that Isnad. Exactly. You know, to just really further emphasizing, you know, the, the, the immaculate preservation of the Quran. Indeed. Yeah. So even, this is, no yeah. one, you know, if a person is actually a sign of disliking the sunnah he in on imam ahmad ibn hanbal for what he had done for sunnah and now denying this and not liking the riwayah or the qira'ah that is preserved and the same thing imam al-dhabi said when abu bakr ibn ayyash said about the qira'ah of imam hamza that if i pray behind someone who recites with hamza i will repeat he, the, he said, Imam al-Zahabi commented, he said, This is actually an exaggeration that should be rejected. Yeah. Although he is a scholar, yeah. heavy, educated, scholar of Quran himself, yeah. scholar of Hadith himself. His Hadith is in Muslim and so many books of a Hadith. And he reported Quran, he has his own riwayah, yet what he said is rejected. Those who are rejecting and talking about Quran today, tell me, do they have riwayah? Mm. Mm. Did they have any isnad to Rasulullah mm. And even if they do, do they have this in the Qira'ah that people are reading today? So this is the thing. I mean, it, it, you won't find somebody who studied uh, the Qira'ah holding these opinions. No, no. Yeah, and that's why they themselves they. In the end, so for instance, mm. if you want to make a problem, mm. you will just come and say, this is what Imam Ahmad said. Mm. Did he say it? Yes, he said it. Mm. But does that mean that's, that's the statement? Mm. Scholars explain it. Mm. You will bring about the statement of Imam Abu Bakr ibn Ayyaz Shu'ba and create a problem. And this is what people like anyway. Just bring something so we can begin. Mm. It's like you watching Manchester and Chelsea. Mm. May, you may not like um, neither of them. Yeah. But if you see people yelling, you yell along with them. Yeah. But when you listen, you will know that this Imam himself listened to the rules that mm. he follows in just one section that Imam Abu Shama said, when it comes to the madhab of Imam Hamza in Quran, min as'abi, as'abi, Imam Shamsuddin, uh, Imam Abu Shama al-Maqdisi, he said, when it comes to the qira'ah of Hamza, you know, it's one of the most difficult, you know, qira'at, even to explain it, mm. even to explain it, let alone to read it. So I'm about to like maybe read just few codes of his Qira'ah. And whoever understands Arabic, if this is not his field, he won't be able to understand what is being said. And he mm. can try or she can try. Whether Arab or non-Arab, born Arab or not Arab, whether you have certificate or masters in Arabic or not, just listen. You may not be able to even, you may be able to get at your best. Maybe something is being said. He, maybe he meant this. Not even only that, even the student of the field. Mm. 
that left that field for a like, period of time, they may even forget what is being said. How about someone who did not study? Mm. Imam said. So, you, you, so, you, so if somebody can't understand this, mm -hmm. they, they really should remain silent on this topic. Definitely. And, and it's, it's like, I don't understand something. Why would I be talking about it? Mm. So underneath, Babu Wakfi Hamzata wa Hishamin ala al Hams. This is what he said. Wahamzatu indal Wakfi Sahala Hamzahu, Ida Kana Wastan outa Torrafa Manzilla, Fa Abdilu Anu Harfa Maddin Musa Kinan, Wamin Kablihi Tahariku Katana Zella, Waharik Bihi Ma Kablahu Mutasa Kinan, Waskitu Hatai Rujal Lafu Ashala. سوى أنه من بعد ما ألف جرى يسهله مهما توسط مدخله ويبدله مهما تطرف مثله ويقصر أو يمضي على المد أطولا ويدغم فيه الواو والياء مبدلة إذا زيدت من قبل حتى يفصل ويسمع بعد الكسر والضم همزه لدى فتحه ياء وواو محولة وفي غير هذا بين بين ومثله يقول هشام ما تطرف مسهل now you may think like this, like Chinese or maybe Ecuador language combined together. You need to be in a certain frame of mind just to be able to understand what is being said. So even an Arab would struggle with that. Just an everyday Arab. Ask any Arab that you know to explain this. Yeah. Like for real. Yeah. It's, I'm not joking. Yeah. Ask, this, this is even mild. You know, Imam al-Zahabi, uh, Imam uh, Abu al-Qasim al-Shatibi, rahimahullah, made his statement is kind of mild. It's even more harder than this. This one, whether they understand Arabic or not, if that's not their field, they will not even understand they can't even add it up. They, they, you can't even add it up. You may even think it's not Arabic language. This at yeah. least you may understand because, you know, yeah. Imam Shatibi was known to have been blessed. Yeah. When it comes to his choice of words, you can't, in this field, like, you can't be like him. Now something that if you hear, you may not even know is actually uh, Arabic. You may just be hearing Arabic words, but you can't even add them up to make a sentence or to even explain. Mm. And that's what Imam, an example of this, the statement of Imam uh, Muhammad ibn Muhammad ibn Muhammad ibn Yusuf al-Jazari rahimahullah in his book Ad-Durr when he began talking about the beginning of Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah, Farsh Al-Huruf. He said, حروف التهجف سل... He said, حروف التهجف سل بسكت كحا ألف ألا يخدعون علم حجا وشمما طيلا بقيل وما معه ويرجع كيفجا إذا كان للأخرى فسمح لنحلا ولمر تلوعكس أول القصه وهي يمله وثم هو سكنا أدو حملا فحرك وأي نظم ملائكة تسجد أزل فشا لا خوف بي الفتح حولا وعدنا تلوبا رئبا بايأمر أتمحم أسارا فيدا خف الأمانية مسجلا ألا يعبدوا خاطب فشا يعبدون قل This if you hear Unless a person had sat down To learn how to say it And to repeat it so many times 
if you write this and give it to any person who had learned Arabic to read, just to read it, it's challenging. Yeah. What is this? So Allah had blessed Subhanallah. Allah had blessed those people. Yeah. They, they were on different level. Mm. So for us to come today, you know, because we just reclining like the Prophet said in the Sunan of Imam Abi Dawood, a time will come a person will just be reclining, a hadith will be brought to him, he will just say, you know, this is just a hadith. No, no, this what you just um reciting is the, the rules, right? These are all yeah. rules. Now, this again emphasizes the importance of being taught and having the sheikh. Mm. You know, you, you mentioned in the previous podcast yeah. of having the sheikh. Right. You know, it's not just about memorization. Exactly. You have to be taught. Exactly. That is what the isnad is. That's what the isnad yeah. is. If you don't have someone to guide you through, mm. you can't get it. And like you said, ask the people knowledge. If you don't know, ask the people knowledge. Anyone who knows this field, is not having any complaints, complaints over the preservation of the Quran. No. It, it, if, if, you, if you are well acquainted, if, if you are a person of the field, when you sit, you sit like a rock. You sit like a rock. And whoever comes with something, he cannot even be equal. He can't even equalize. This is not like, you know, um, um, you know um, Denzel Washington in Equalizer 1 or 2. No. You know why? Because Allah had promised to preserve it and our scholars were not stingy. They spent time into preserving it and now I will come. What they've done, I did not even finish reading yet. Mm. I did not even memorize that yet. I did not master that yet. And I want to fault what they have brought to us. Mm. That's a problem. Mm. You get the point? Yeah. So that's why the only thing that we do when it comes to Quran, when it comes to Hadith, to make dua for our scholars. There's no way for you to, how can you reach that level? It's only by Allah's permission. Allah had blessed them so much that when you begin to read about them, it's like it doesn't make sense. Were they human beings? Like real, for real. Were they human beings? Because of they raised the, the bar too high. You can't get there. The only thing is to make dua for them. And that's why a person of Quran is the responsibility of your shaykh over you to make dua for him. That's what Imam Ash-Shatibi mentioned. Jazallahu bil khayrati anna a'immatan. Lana naqalu al-Quran a'adhban wa salsala. فمنهم بدور سبعة قد وسطت سماء العلا والعدل زهرا وكملا لها شهب عنها استنارت فنورت سواد الدجا حتى تفرق وانجلا وسوف تراهم واحدا بعد واحد مع اثنين من أصحابه متمثلا تخيرهم نقادهم كل بارع وليس على قرآنه متأكلا من الدسكات it's too much for us to explain the whole thing but he said in, in the gist of what he said may Allah bless our scholars who had Amen. transmitted the Quran to us purely and immaculately. They brought it purely to us. And then he said, those Imams, their nuqad, their critics, they chose those who had been perfect in the field 
and each one of them was an expert of what he reported. There are so many of them. There were some of them, their qira'ah were rejected. For instance, the qira'ah of Ibn Mahasun is rejected because it did not feel, fulfill the conditions. There are three conditions. If one is missing, it's not regarded as Qur'an. There were three. So their qira'at did not fulfill the three. So they rejected them. What is the three conditions? The three conditions, number one, it has to be pure Arabic, confirming and following. It's not against what the Arabs know of their... When I say Arab, I don't mean today. I mean like those, like the pure ones that Allah had challenged to produce the like of Qur'an. Those whose Arabic language, when you hear today, you may think like, what? Because if they hear us speaking Arabic today, they may say like, are this, uh, like, what, what, what language is that? They yeah. may think that. Yeah. So it has to be pure Arabic. The lisan of Arab. Bilisanin Arabiyyin Mubin, Allah said. Alif lam mara tilka ayatul kitab al-mubin, inna anzalnahu Qur'anan Arabiyya. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَعْقِلُونَ وَلَقَدْ نَعْلَمُ أَنَّهُمْ يَقُولُونَ إِنَّمَا يُعَلِّمُهُ بَشَرْ لِسَانُ الَّذِي يُلْحِدُونَ إِلَيْهِ أَعْجَمِي وَهَذَا لِسَانٌ عَرَبِيٌّ مُبِينٌ نَزَّلَ بِهِ الرُّوحَ الْأَمِينَ عَلَى قَلْبِكَ لِتَكُونَ مِنَ الْمُنْذِرِينَ بِلِسَانٍ عَرَبِيٌّ مُبِينٌ إِنَّا Number two, it has to be based on Rasmil Uthmani, the script that Uthman ibn Affan and the Sahaba agreed upon. If it doesn't confirm that, it's not regarded as Qur'an. That's the second condition. Imam Shams Muhammad ibn Muhammad ibn Muhammad al-Allama, you know, taqiyu, you know, faridu zamanihi wa qari'u dahrih al-ma'roof wa al-mashuru ibn al-jazari. He said, فَكُلُّ مَا وَافَقَ وَجْهَ نَحْوٍ وَكَانَ لِلْرَسْمِ احْتِمَالًا يَحْوِي وَصَحَّ إِسْنَادًا هُوَ الْقُرْآنُ The last condition is that Isnad has to be connected that we talked about earlier. If one of this is violated, if one of this is missing, it's not Qur'an, it doesn't matter who reported it. So Ibn Muhaysin Hayes did not confirm all the three. Maybe two, since the third is not there, it's rejected. Hassan al-Basri, one of the Imams, from whose recitation Imam Abu Amrin al-Basri learned. And then you have um, Ash-Shanabuzi, um, likewise his own, they rejected his uh, um, Qira'ah. So it's not like scholars just accept everything. Yeah, yeah. It's not like accepting whatever is reported. Yeah. It's just heavily scrutinized. It's, it's heavily, it's, it's, it's like you have to go under scrutiny yeah. for them to, get, to grab it from you. Yeah. And if, it miss, it's, if one is missing, it's not accepted. Mm. So we have those Qur'an that are still available, yeah. but they are called shawadh. Yeah. And the same thing we have in hadith. The yeah. same thing we have in hadith. Yeah. So all of these, you can continue going. Yeah. And the same thing that we have in Qur'an, if you turn in hadith, you have it. I mean, like you wouldn't use it in your salah, right? You, you wouldn't use them, them narrations. In the salah, in no. The salah, no. But they still kind of... They are. The reason why they deny them, because they did not fulfill. But that yeah. doesn't mean they are not to be used. Yeah. In tafsir, they okay. use them to yeah. explain certain things. Mm. In tafsir, you will mm. see them being used. Yeah. Because they are far more useful than any other proof that you will get. 
because if at least the first Senate is there yeah. and then also it's Arabic, maybe the last one is missing. Mm. So it's somehow mm. preserved. Yeah. But we do not use it in Quran because it's missing there. Yeah. And the scholars know the level of it. And, and the scholars, they know the levels as well. See, this is this is another one of the, what I would say, one of the things that impressed me with Islam, Islam mm. right? Yeah. It, from a Hadith perspective, that even the weak and the fabricated things are preserved in mm. the sense that, of course, they're not uh, authentic, but they're still collected. Mm -hmm. so, and, and the scholars know which is which. It's, it's, it's so deep, it's so deep when you look at it uh, mm. from this, this, this Qur'an. You know, you know, just for, as, as they say, devil's advocate perspective. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. um, you know, if Islam wanted to trick people, you know, the, the Muslims or the scholars, etc., wanted to trick people, they could have hid all this. Mm -hmm. All these doubts, all these uh, different uh, uh, recitations which are not accepted, they could have either accepted them or hid them fully. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you know what I'm that's saying? That's right, that's right. But subhanAllah, it's all there. You know, exactly. You see, because this is not the book according to John or the book according to Matthew or the book according to Luke yeah. or the book according to Act. Mm. This is a scripture mm. revealed, preserved and given. So it's not like, you know, something that is mentioned by someone. It came directly from Allah, mm. subhanahu wa ta'ala. The same thing with hadith, like mm. you asked, what makes a hadith, mm. um, shah, or a hadith weak? Sheikh, just before you get into the hadith, mm. um, I think we should uh, do a whole episode on that. Okay. Because uh, we've done two episodes so far. Right. Um, I feel like we've covered a lot, but in reality, it's, we've not really, <laughs> subhanAllah, because it's such a vast yeah. subject. We just started. You, you know, you, you could go on with this for months. You know, yeah. it's, mm. you know, Jazakallah, it's really kind of, you know, opened my eyes, you know, to the, really the work that the scholars have put in over the years, know, this past 1400 years to preserve this deen. Mm. And it, it should really boost your iman you know, as a Muslim. Mm. The everyday Muslim out there, you know, understanding the status of this book. Mm. The, the, the purpose of this is mm. to bring our relationship with this book, mm -hmm. to have a close relationship with the book. Right. No. And really understand the, 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 uh, the weight mm -hmm. of what Allah has given us. Mm. You know, the kalam Allah, the speech of Allah, Allah has revealed it to us through His Prophet. Right. So when it comes to the Hadith, the hadith is a separate topic, it's right. still revelation. Right. So we'd like to cover that inshallah, inshallah in another episode. Inshallah ta'ala. Yeah. Okay, inshallah. This, this, we didn't even get to our contemporary issues yet. Yeah. You know, we just talk, uh, we just we just started the topic because yeah. this topic is a very long topic. Yeah. And we just started it. Yeah. And um, we're supposed to have channeled it and also get to our you know, contemporary issues that um, yeah. we are facing, especially when it comes to Qur'an. Uh, but as I said, there are a number of scholars who are out there. You know, um, I mentioned some in the previous um, podcast, you know, that people should begin to learn, or the young kids that are memorizing Qur'an, to begin to learn the science of Qur'an from them, mm. you know. And um, in, 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 in the UK, 
you know, there's um, um, this uh, young brother, and um, uh, Sheikh Jamal, I believe Jamal his name. Nasi. You know, I had uh, him on the podcast before. Well. Okay, yeah, I he, mentioned him to you. The uh, right, right. He visited yeah. me when I was in in the UK, and later on, I get to find out um, uh, what he is doing mm. and who he is. Uh, so I uh, found him to be profound and, you know, uh, rooted. Mm -hmm. So a person like that, you know, people should learn uh, and listen and learn not only how to recite, but the science. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you know, Sheikh Faisal Amin, uh, this, um, this, this young man, man, is, is uh, you know, in, in Minnesota, he's grounded. He's grounded. You know, so I hope and pray that, you know, our youth in America will be learning from individuals like him, you know, because he has, he has that in him. But if you see him, don't be fooled by how he looks or what he's wearing. He may not be representing, you know, look-wise, but knowledge-wise he got it, you know. And, um, you know, Sheikh Rashid in, in New York, you know, trying hard to push it to uh, the students and then um, Sheikh Susi and then, um, you know, you have so many of them out there, yeah. you know, so many. He was also telling me uh, about some of your up-and-coming students as well. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. You're going to put putting them to work soon, inshallah. Yeah, definitely, inshallah. They, they come in, they come in, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala, they graduated and Inshallah, maybe when time permits, we're going to, um, you know, sprout some of them that Allah had blessed with knowledge. You know, some are uh, brothers and some are sisters. Inshallah. You know, so I hope and pray that the sisters among them will really represent because Allah had blessed them with this knowledge. Mm. You know, so that our sisters will get comfortable. And I hope and pray, I hope and pray that the business people out there, talking about business-minded not someone with wealth and that's it yeah. will use this opportunity to really help the orphans you know orphans usually because they are without either a father or a mother although you know it's a person who is uh, who had you know we wouldn't say lost his father because in the yeah. day we do not lose anyone yeah. so someone whose father had passed away and had not yet reached the age yeah. This type of young, you know, folks, if we really help them, mm. it's easy for, for them to preserve Qur'an. Mm. Very easy. Mm. And we know how Allah spoke about the orphans. Mm. And I recall you mentioned um, your project down in uh, Sierra Leone. Sierra Leone. You know, um, and when you mentioned that, you reminded me of a brother. You know, um, a humble, generous uh, business uh, person that you know, um, we know in the States, you know, um, his name Brother Uthman, you know, I would love if you can, um, you know, get connected with him because sure he's enough. also doing a project over there in, uh, uh, in Sierra Leone, sure. you know, yeah, for he, I think he's, you know, the name of his um, um, organization is uh, Ar-Rahma Orphans Institute, okay. you know, Ar-Rahma Orphans uh, Institute. And this brother, you know, he was in the street before. SubhanAllah. Like he was a street boy. Is he from Sierra Leone originally? I, 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 I believe. Hmm. But he's in the States 
doing business. A little guy that pulled him from the street, yeah. washed him. Good heart. And only Allah knows. Very humble now. After he had been guided from the street. And he said he wanted to do something as part of appreciation, to be appreciative mm. of what Allah had done for him. He could have been killed in the street. So, you know, when you mention what you mention, I just remember the brother. You know, that maybe someday that Allah blesses us to meet over there. You know, um, and I believe he has, um, what do you call it, a website. Al-Rahma, you know, orphan institute that you can check up. And maybe, inshallah, you get connected. When you swing by uh, in Africa or Sierra Leone, you can get connected. Because it's worthy of um, being helped. There are so many, it's an institute. Others are helping him as well. But yeah. this work that you are carrying in Africa, different mm. places, you've been in Uganda, you yeah. have something over there, you have yeah. something in Nigeria, these places I hope and yeah. pray that you don't stop. Inshallah, may Allah accept it from you mm. and accept it from us all. But just before we go, Sheikh, no. I just want to just make it very clear. I want to make it very clear to the people who are listening, to the everyday Muslim, that look, I know this episode may have been a bit confusing to some people, mm. right? Because it, because you know, for for the untrained ear, they've never heard these imams and sheikhs you're talking about. You know, I want people to know that sheikh. Is there any doubt that this Quran has been preserved? It's beyond peradventure of doubt that this Quran is preserved word by word, letter by letter. One of the seven that we talked about, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he said, he who doubts a letter, not a word, a letter of this Quran is absolutely out. He's outside the pale of this religion. Just a harf, not a word, not a verse, not the preservation of it. The fact that you even talk about, you even doubt that Quran is being preserved itself is a denial of the 15th, you know, it's the denial of the 15th chapter, the ninth verse. And if you deny a verse, if you deny a verse, or you belie a verse, we all know the end of that person. That person in Islam is like the distance between the heavens and the earth, no matter what the person says, that's if you doubt. Mm. So there's no doubt. Mm. It's beyond doubt, beyond peradventure of doubt that this book is preserved word by word. Mm. Now, if a person had learned all of these and had asked throughout and still in doubt, we may even have a time to listen to that person and see what you get. Mm. But you did not even go through all of this yet yeah. and still talk about it uh, being you know, doubtful. Yeah. That means it's just, you know, um, a desire um, of a person, but there's no doubt Jazakallah that this book Sheikh. is preserved. Sheikh, let's do another episode next time and we'll get into the hadith. Inshallah ta'ala. Thank you very much. Assalamualaikum. Alaikum.